Okay, I was a little early that time, but whatever. We're good. Yeah. Uh, so, we're back with Votoms, but not yeah. yet, because Twitch has to do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> and then you cut into the theme song. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Metrospective, the podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Mazinger Z. I'm Tooch. And I'm Devin, and V is for Votoms! Yeah, I like that little I love that little that little stank I put on Astro Boy. I was like Astro Boy. Astro Boy. Uh in oh. picking up from last week, uh in Inoyashiki, the way he gets himself to fly as he sings the Astro Boy theme to himself. Aw no. I can't watch it because I'm gonna cry. <laughs> uh so speaking of crying this is votoms uh this is this is the vietnam arc or the kumin arc which makes up episodes 14 through 28 even though two of those are recaps of the wudu arc bizarrely enough yeah yeah i was so con- i was really honestly like i almost watched that second clip show because i was like okay they already did the wudu one, this is going to be about the arc I just watched, right? I would love a nice summation of everything because, again, I lost the plot a tiny bit in the middle, not as much as in Wudu, but, like, I, I would love a little summation. And then it just was like, hey, y'all remember Wudu? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. do, it turns out. We were... <laughs> <laughs> what? So, <laughs> so technically this arc is actually shorter than Wudu. It's... Tec- it's uh, well, no, it's the same length. That's 15 episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. So Or I can't math. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So this is the Kumin arc where we last left Kiriko in Last Red Shoulder. He walked off into the distance after the deaths of all of his friends. Oh, the only other friends he had besides the, the core crew. And what does any mech pilot do when they've lost whatever do they need to do? I don't know. Go volunteer to be a mercenary in Space Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, no, this... Like, once again... Because um, I, I think last time I, 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 I summarized, I complimented Votoms for being so good at, like, av- avoiding the pitfalls of, like, war media by technically taking, pl- taking place after the war, but also showing that, like, just because the war is over doesn't mean anything else about it that any, any problems it caused was also over because it's like yeah the war is over welcome to the war <laughs> yeah because that's what it is it's like governments are the least stable after a war is over yeah like that's that's america only exists because britain had just got done fighting france as they <laughs> as they were often wont to do yeah. So really, it was France... only a matter of time, because yeah, you know shit, they were gonna fight France again at some point. <laughs> or Spain, or somebody. Yeah. Those Brits. Always I saw a, people. I saw a really good, I saw a really good world history comment uh, on, I don't even think it was Twitter, I think it was on Mastodon, where someone was like, you know, like, y- y- 
every all of the European like countries and kingdoms like carried themselves with so much fucking importance, like God themselves deemed them the king, the the, the fuck king of shit mountain, and then they just they believe went, that though, and then yeah, and then but then and then they went they went to war over literally nothing, and then meanwhile the rest of the world was like developing like culture and science and trade routes and like math <laughs> and like everybody in europe was just sort of like fighting over the same fucking mud puddle because yeah. god gave it to them and not you because our god is the right one yeah i found this sword in a lake <laughs> uh so speaking of wor- worlds without god <laughs> uh so before we uh, we get into the nitty and gritty, we got some new characters that show up in Votoms, and I want to just kind of Rolodex through them to get your opinions on them. But before I do that, even I have to blow your mind with the name of the mech designer. Please do. And I'm going to roll through some of his credits. His name is Kunio Okawara. Uh-huh. You may know him as the as the mechanical designer for Science Team Gachaman. Yo. Uh. A little anime you might not have heard of called uh, Invincible Steel Man Daitarn 3. Ooh, I know that theme A little song. show no one's ever heard of called Mobile Suit Gundam 0079. Uh! Um, uh, he also did Fang of the Sun Dogram, which was this director uh, director's first anime before Votoms. He did Zabungle. Ah, nice! He, uh, he did, did SPT. He did Blue Comet SPT Lasner by this same director again. He de- oh. he designed the Mar- the Gundam Mark II specifically in Zeta Gundam. Was the lead designer once again in Double Zeta. He did Mobile Armor Dragonar, Armor Hunter Mellow Link, a spinoff of this. He did War in the Pocket, Gundam F90, Brave X-Kaiser, The Brave Fighter of Sun Firebird, F- Gundam F91, Stardust Memory, Brave, Leg- Fighter, of Leg- Brave Fighter of Legend Dagom, Brave Express Might Gain, Victory Gundam, G Gundam, Brave Police J Decker, the Brave Gold Goldron, Gundam Wing, specifically the gu- the Wing Gundam and the Wing Gundam Zero, and a little show you might know, a couple other Gundam shows, and something I don't know, a little show called the King of Braves Galgaigar. Yeah, where buddy. Where he designed the Galgaigar, Galfigar, and the Genesis Galgaigar. That's so. You could so, you could make a Super Robot Wars roster on his on his filmography alone. Yeah, on his care on his mech designs. Yeah, you could. The character designer is Norio Shioyama. Uh, he has not he's he's done a lot of key animation and a lot of anime direction on a lot of seventies anime. Like, uh, but I'm here for his character designs because something that's he also did character design work on on Galgaigar. <laughs> and and. He, he was the lead character designer for Yoroiden Samurai Troopers, also known in America as Ronin Warriors. Hell yeah, Ronin Warriors. So a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of badass shit came from Votoms. Like, there was a really good, like, merging of talent coming together for this anime. That's a, yeah, that, that's a good, that's a good trunk of a family tree. That's a good, and, I, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about these new characters. We got we got the uh, the the members of uh, Assemble EX One or Assemble X One. I think they're called. What do they uh, call themselves? I didn't didn't catch it. <laughs> Honestly, 
I will, okay, I, 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 I got it. Give me, give me two seconds. I might cut this, but I, or I might not, because people can laugh at me being an idiot. Assemble EX-10. Okay. The uh, Kiriko's mercenary force. We got Kidera, who was, like, the kind of big guy asshole who initially fought Kiriko. Yeah, no, he was cool. I like, I, I, I like how, like, everybody, I, I like how, um... How everybody initially hates Kiriko for, like, no reason. <laughs> Except for his three friends. Yeah, no, but well, what I was gonna say was, I, I, I like how, um, every, all of the other mercenaries, like, how easily, how easily, how easily Kiriko annoys them, but <laughs> how quickly they are, how quickly they have his back, because at the end of the day, like, I think they all understand where he's coming from, and I think... I think they, I, I think they do like him, even if he is, like, kind of an insolent shit about everything. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I th- yeah. Uh, then we have Shaco, who's the big guy, like the yes. really big guy, who's always kind of quiet. He actually comes back later. Oh good. Yeah, Shaco. Uh, he's 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 kind of like the quiet giant. He reminds me of uh, the big guy from Moby Dick. Oh no. Oh, oh Queequeg. Yeah. Yeah, I never read Moby Dick, but I know Queequeg, because Queequeg. Um, it's because it's just a fun name to say. Uh, and it was, he was in that one episode of Futurama <laughs> with the <laughs> brains. Um, <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> um, and Leela flirts with him. It's weird. Futurama's weird. Um, hey, Futurama has robots. <laughs> fucking no. Um, no. Futurama <laughs> part 26. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I watched. Gonna... I watched the four. I watched the first four seasons of that show so many times over. I could do one right now from nothing. <laughs> I probably could too, <laughs> but we're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do. We're gonna do. A, talk a whole hour. What if we? What if we specifically just went through the Futurama wiki and only talked about the various robot characters on this show? <laughs> about like Calculon and fucking Bender and Calculon. And... Yes, and the clamps and uh. Bender's um, brother with the beard. Flexo. Flexo. Um, hedonism bot. Uh, yeah. The robot devil. Robot devil. That's for a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, so then we got, uh, we got Kanyu, who's mm-hmm. probably the worst character in Votoms. And even then, he, well, not even the worst. He's not a bad character. He's just the most unlikable one. Yeah, no, I, 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 and I honestly hate what an actually good combatant he ended up being at the t- at, at the end when he actually like fought Kiriko. Like, is it? Are we are we going with Chiriko or Kiriko? I always said Kiriko because it's written with a key in Katakana. Okay, yeah, because I I did I did notice that when people were saying his name, it Kiriko! is more of a key, it is more of a Kiriko. Um, but so I, when he actually did have to throw down with Kiriko because. He was about to fucking murder Kiriko's girl, dog. Um, He's gonna kill he, Fiona. Yeah, he he actually did manage to fucking stab him with a knife, and I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. You should you don't deserve to draw <laughs> Kiriko's blood. You fucking weasel. <laughs> He's a fucking red shoulder. You don't deserve this. God, yeah. And uh, and then we got Gon Nu, who is uh the the bo- the leader of Assemble EX10, who's kind of like I like him. He I like, I like him. I was he, he has a glass eye. I was he surprised looks... at how much I liked him. He was just, he's just a reasonable man. <laughs> he just wants that's to like, live and that's a normal a life. He's just a reasonable man who wants his, his, he wants, you know, to, you know, he wants his, his country to not be at war. 
he, he he's competent, and I like that. And then, uh, then last but not least, he's not technically a new character, but we see a lot more of him. We see fucking Ypsilon! Yeah, and honestly... I knew you'd want to talk about Ypsilon. I did... The the only the only reason uh, that I I guess thank you for making me watch the Red Shoulder OVA first because like the only reason I have anything to say about Ypsilon is just because it's like if what an out of no, what an out of nowhere character that they expect me to fucking have any connection to or care about. Oh, yeah. That's why I think Last Red Shoulder is so important to watch between these two arcs is because it actually establishes who Ypsilon is. He just appears in the show. But also, but even then, the 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 character the character of Ypsilon that they do establish in Red Shoulder it's it feels so dissonant. It feels like a different fucking person. And like, yeah, it's because he was literally two hours old during the length of that OVA, but. It was just so jarring seeing him. It it couldn't have possibly been more than like a couple weeks or months, right? After that, yeah. Well, and it's it's just, suddenly I... he has like a fucking personality and a vocabulary and like everything else, and it's like, what? What happened? What do they do to PSs well, to train think... them like that? Well, because like Fiona's only like what, like a couple months old too. Like when it comes to that, like Fiona's yeah. technically a born sexy yesterday character. And and I yeah, but I guess. I guess it helps that we saw that we saw Fiona's progress. Like we we when we you know th- there was a period of time after the first episode where we didn't see her for a minute. But even when we yeah, did it was like see six months again, that Kiriko was on the run before we started yeah. to work. But the even then, she she was still she's still so much more reserved and not like outspoken. So it's it's hard for her personality to shine through, which I think sucks. But also, it does help me believe that she isn't super old uh and like has a lot going on for her meanwhile this asshole literally just popped out of the lab and just had, wants to swing his big dick around and beat up kiriko and i'm just like who well, are think, you go back to school i think i think my understanding of Ypsilon is that he was kind of like auntie from gridman he, he was programmed with the sole purpose of killing kiriko yes that's understandable um that's at least I, how i understand it yeah and again, like, n- like f- fiction is wild because none of this is real, none of it is fake, none of it is believable. This is and this yet is some early things 80s to me, anime sci-fi. So, and, and yet some some leaps in logic just sit more comfortable with me and audiences in general than other leaps in logic. And then audiences misinterpret that as like quote unquote realism. And it's like that's not what that is. Go to fucking hell, cinema sins. Um, <laughs> eh, bing, fucking fuck off. Uh, but no, so like I. Funnily enough, what would have what would have gone down smoother for me, and I'm not saying that this is an objective. This would have been an objectively better decision. I like what they did overall, but like what would have ended up sitting better with me in terms of believing that the character would have evolved in this way is if we would have seen him in the OVA, like just like wake. If he would have like if he would have like opened his eyes in that beautiful grassy Eden garden. And just, like, sit up straight like Jason Voorhees and go, where's Kiriko? Like, that would have been like, yeah! <laughs> like, like, like fucking Nuclear Man from <laughs> Superman 4? Destroy Kiriko! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Fiona. The thing I like about that in Red Shoulder, though, is I love Fiona's, like, ill attempt to be like, this is love! <laughs> this is love, yeah. Epsilon! Yeah, no, yeah, the, yeah, the, Epsilon is great overall. I, I guess I did just, I, I, I do wish I saw like 
a little more of the gap between Red Shoulder and the Kuman arc. Yeah, I, I wish it wasn't so distinct. I wish it wasn't so much of a so much of a jarring uh, tra- transition, which which is doubly so because it's like they they had that decision. They they had they already had the character and they're just rolling it back and they chose to make it that jarring. I, I think they just wanted to write a better character and then it just ended up being super different. So, so would you have prefer? So, how would you think you would have felt about Ypsilon if you did not watch Red Shoulder, our last Red Shoulder? Um, I, I definitely, I still would have liked it. I would have, you know, I was really like, oh, okay, this is interesting. They're giving like they're they're giving Kiriko, they're giving Kiriko a rival. Um, and it's interesting that there's like more, uh, there's there's more PSs, there's more perfect soldiers in the program and whatnot. Proto two, yeah. Um. I, I think honestly my, my takeaway would have been roughly the same it's just like I I have okay. a better understanding for who this character is but in terms of what they I just did, I like it's all because insane. because Ypsilon just exists in the show now and then I, I think they wanted to go back and smooth the transit and smooth uh-huh. like the transition between the two arcs and I think that's why I think last red shoulder is so good yeah I think they su- overall that... I think they succeeded it's just my own hang-ups I think that they did a yeah. good job and now they established that all the Red Shoulders are dead because, you know, all the Bloodsucker units were destroyed and all of Kiriko's friends are dead. So Kiriko is technically the last Red Shoulder. General Paleson's dead. Um, so yeah, we, we... So right now, let's go to... So now we have more than just Scope Dog variants to look at. Yeah, I'm, of... I'm super hyped to get into these because, like, they, they just sort of came pouring out of the show and, like, I couldn't really keep track of, of them, to be honest with you. Well, I think that's, it made that's sense a great problem to have. That's that's what I liked about the uh, the Wudu arc, is you only really see Scope Dog variants because the Scope Dog is the standard of the Gil- of the Melkian and Gilgamesh military. And you're in a city, so it's not going to be... You're not going to fucking walk around and see, like, fucking tanks running around. So yeah. Kiriko kind of has one. All the battling guys just use kind of, like customized scope dogs. Fiana had the brutish dog, which is like the pink one with the machine gun arm. And then there was like the uh the military like scope dogs because that was about it in in Wudu, the police didn't have them. Yeah. Cuz the police had like armored cars and shit and like those little spider walker things. But here this is a full on this is like AT on AT warfare. We're getting into like actual like mecha action here. So uh I guess I I sent Tucha a huge list of the, uh, of them. So I guess we're gonna go from order of top to bottom. We first got the uh, the standing tortoise, uh-huh. which is kind of this is the mainstay of the uh, of the secret societies like uh, in the Vila that they're like funding the Vila um, the Vila gorillas. Uh-huh. What do you think? What do you think of the uh, of the standing tortoise? Because I like it that it, it doesn't look like a scope dog. It it doesn't. <laughs> it it doesn't. But I do think just from a glance, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be able to tell you from a utilitarian perspective what 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 it does that a scope dog can't do. Um, I, I just think is I like that it's visually distinct <laughs> enough to not like the, sure. the cockpits open differently. They have they like they they look a little less human. The head and the body is kind of one sing is a kind of one entire unit as opposed to the scope dog has the little R two D two head. Yeah. Also, it, j- just from that, just because that the scope dog has the has the 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 spherical the the spherical head it looks like the stand it looks like the tortoise doesn't have as much peripheral like it doesn't seem like if it turned its head you would be able to get much out of that yeah and that might have been that might be a design flaw who knows they they withstand they withstood armor they took they i guess went for armor over you know visibility yeah like yeah yeah if you were to tell me that like okay these things are sturdier than scope dogs 
but you can't maneuver as well, I would buy that. Or the visibility is not as good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I also do like, I do like how all of these, how all of these ATs, I, I noticed it in the first arc, but I never mentioned, I never got a chance to mention it, how whenever they fall from a big height, the way their legs collapse to, like, cushion the fall to, like, Yeah, they kind of go reverse jointed for a bit. Yeah, to, like, absorb that shock. That's a great, that's so good, because it's, it's such a weird little flare, but it's, like, it, it makes just enough sense from a mechanical design perspective where it just immerses you in the world and it makes you feel like these things are, like, designed and real. Yeah, and also you notice this one doesn't have skates on it. I was looking at it, and I, I, I didn't want to assume, uh, but yeah, no, it, it looks like there's no skates. Yeah, because I, I think they do have, like, treads of some kind on the bottom of their feet, but they're not as maneuverable as the scope dogs zipping around the city. Because once yeah. again, the terrain is a lot worse. You know, they're in the middle of fucking jungle. A lot of their fights are, like, waist-deep in, ri- in rivers in this arc, or underwater entirely. Yeah, this is, this is, <laughs> this was them, th- th- this was the writers wanting to tackle Nam, like, for, for 100% yeah. for sure. Uh, so under that, we have Ypsilon's custom one, the Snapping Turtle. It just, it's once again just a blue, uh, a blue snapping, uh, a blue standing tortoise, so there's really nothing much to, to talk about besides that. I still love the uniformity of the three eyes, like, that yeah. all the, that all the ATs have, I really like that. Um, well, did, uh, I think it was, no, um, duh, it was, like, I think Ypsilon got that mech at the very end, and I feel like it only had two. Ah. Because it had one on top of the other, and I noticed that was different. It was that, it was that blue one that he piloted at the end. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that one in, uh, we'll talk about that one in Sun, when we get to Sunsa. Okay. Which is so far my favorite arc of the- It plays a more prominent role. Yeah, dude, Sunsa is the most action-packed arc yet. Nice. It's great. Uh, so under that we have the Berserga, uh, or the Berser- the Berserga WP, that's Shaco's custom unit. Uh, that one comes from Quent, as you can see, kind of the, the design of it is really unique. This one's quite different looking from the others, it has like the, a the, fucking shoulder shield. Yeah, this is the most, this is the most, like, aesthetic aesthetically designed one that i've ever seen in this show so far it's it's it like this well, the one blood, feels since the blood sucker yeah it, it feels more like a it feels more like gundam it, i like that the pile bunker kind of shield it has like instead of the punch uh-huh. it has like a goddamn pile bunker so that's yeah. really cool well actually what it does remind me of i forget the name of the faction but like the the bad guys in iron-blooded orphans like the fancy boys oh uh yggdrasil i think they were called Something like that, yeah. Like how they're how they were all like regally presented and that looking out of looking straight. It was like a bunch of dudes. It was a bunch of dudes cosplaying Legends of the Galactic Heroes fighting like, <laughs> some fucking some fucking kids some fucking kids in an airsoft war. Um, some but kids they playing bo- Peace Walker. Yeah, but they both have mechs. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's and then everybody else in this arc seems to pilot the uh, the diving beetle, and I love these boys. They're good boys. I like how like the whole chest opens up for the cockpit, and they just look so <laughs> they look, chunky. They look they look like big daddies from Bioshock. They do, and I think that's the point because they they're also for like underwater combat. Mm-hmm. And then beneath that, but uh, once and then beneath that we got uh the marshy dog, which is pretty much just a waterproof scope dog. Which uh, uh, 
quite frankly, I'm I'm sh- I'm shocked and offended that they would bother doing that, and it's not and it's not just a scope dog with duct tape on the seams. <laughs> yeah, I like how everyone keeps offering Kiriko a diving beetle, but he insists on always piloting scope dogs. <laughs> no, my brand. <laughs> it's a, it's like that one guy whose first car was like his first car was like a prison was like. His first car was an Infinity, and he refuses to drive anything other than Infinities for some weird reason. Mm-hmm. And so they, like, and, and he gets, like, really aggressive about it. He's, like, that guy. Yeah. That's fuck. These are the best fucking cars. He's <laughs> just like, no. And then besides that, we got the Standing Turtle, which I think is the ground version of the Standing Tortoise. Yeah. Oh no, that's the water version because it has the little jets on it. So the standing right, tur- tortoise, yeah, because turtles turtles are aquatic, tortoises are not. So the tortoise is the land version, and that one has the little water jets on it. Mm. So uh, let's get into the plot of the Kumin arc, which is uh, picks up after Red Shoulder. Kiriko's just kind of hanging out in Vietnam, and it's it's literally <laughs> there's a lot of scenes in this arc that are 100 percent taken from Apocalypse Now. Just uh-huh. just. Uh, so Kiriko has enlisted in Assemble EX-10, which is apparently, the, um, one of the members of the royal family, the Prince, Prince Kajalman, I think his name is, or Kanjalman. Uh-huh. Oh, I forgot the one guy, Portaria. He was the, uh... Yeah, he Porta- was the... We forgot about Portaria. He, he'll, he'll, we'll get to him, because he's important, actually. Yeah, we don't, yeah, we'll get back around to him. Because I, I forgot about Portaria. I feel like a dick now. It's fine. So Kiriko he's arrives... <laughs> Kiriko arrives, and, uh, it, so this, for a while I forgot, I didn't realize that this was actually on the same planet as Wudu. It's all on Melkia. We have not left the planet yet. I thought Kiriko went to a Vietnam planet, but no, apparently this is not a world of single biome planets. And you, this is... Yeah, yeah, no, I was about to say, like, you know why they thought that? Because every other sci-fi show is worse at coming up with planets than this show. Fucking, ugh. Like, I thought he just went to planet Vietnam. No, this is just another area of Melkia. This, he Good. just went to Southeast Asia. I'm I'm so glad. This so uh, it turns out, and so the second he arrives at Assemble, yeah, well, he, like on the boat, he's already fl- Kiriko. Like we're ten minutes into this arc, and Kiriko's already flamethrowered like six guys. <laughs> I'm kind of like this really hits the ground running. Like Kiriko already has a flamethrower, and he's already already murdered like six people. So we're 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 already on our way in. Uh, but the second he arrives at their headquarters, we meet Ganu and Kanyu, and he's immediately fucking, like, interrogated and captured. Like, Kiriko can't catch a break. He's, and, uh, he, essentially he has a tracking device on him that was left by Rochina, by, uh, by Rochina from, um, the first arc. So he, they've just been tracking him for, like, however long it's been yeah. since Voodoo. They, they, yeah, they, they've been tracking him, but they're, they're at the very least, it's, it's not, like, because if, if this were, like, uh, like a robot of the week show, it would absolutely be like just like a dozen. It would be like it would be a whole nother sub arc of him making his way to this place, and every week they would send a new like scope dog variant after him to try to fight him and stop him. But the, the, in here, they they literally show restraint because it's like we we can't just go fucking murder him. Like that's gonna look super obvious and and sus and just fuck and up we everything don't quite we're know doing. What we don't quite know what Rochino wants with Kiriko right now yet, either. Yeah, we don't know why he's there. Him. Yeah. He doesn't want Kiriko dead. So, 
uh, Kiriko's bailed out immediately by Gotho, who is just here. <laughs> At the end of her last red shoulder, they were like, oh, Kiriko will be here anyway. They just kind of knew. Mm-hmm. They just knew. They and... just trusted. They trusted their. They, they trusted that their friend would be drawn by the fucking smell of blood. By the smell. By the smell of blood and gun smoke. Yeah. Uh, and the, the he can just hear scope dogs exploding from miles away. Like oh, that's where I need to be. I uh, wish I was so... in one of those. <laughs> oh no. Uh, Gotho is the Black Arms uh, beneficiary of the Assembly X-10 mercenaries. Like, he's get, he's the one arming them, pretty much. So he has a lot of pull. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know how much time has passed, but Gotho is very good at being a sly, slimy businessman. He's with a heart a... of gold. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. He, and he immediately, he immediately took all that power and influence and <laughs> opened a bar. Opened, opened like, a, a Vietnam bar. A ca- with, uh, with vanilla style. and coconut. Yeah. Coconut's a lounge singer. She has a cool, like, feather dress thing going on. Yeah, she just dresses up like a little angel and does a little song. And so, uh... She knows, she, she knows one song. <laughs> yep. She sings it, like, six times, but it's fine. It's, no, it's, it's, it's great. Fine. I love it. It's good. It's cute. Vanilla's the bartender. Which is an or co-owner. And they have a... Like, I'm just glad how happy they were to find Kiriko again. Yeah, they were just so... It's just... Ugh, they're so wholesome and good. Yeah, they're the they are the moral compass of this show. Like they they just I I love them. I love Vanilla Coconut and um and Gotho. They're they just and, and, they and I love I love Got I love Gotho and Vanilla's like shitty big gaudy uh uh bow ties and they're like their outfits are both so clownish like they don't know how to dress fancy because they're from the fucking slums but so is everybody else in that war so no one cares (laughs) no one no one cares at all but uh so essentially ganu the the glass-eyed leader of the assemble ex-10 are like okay kiriko you know what a ps is right and he's like yeah i know what a ps is and Kanyu, the second in command, just hates no. Kiriko's fucking soul yeah. like Cause, so yeah, cause, much. Because what happened was like the, the, the he gets interrogated, and then like got like the glass the glass eye man actually wants to have like an actual conversation with with him, and and then Kiriko's like the I the they're 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 making they're making perfect soldiers, and I'm I was gonna say I'm positive, but it's it's cannot it was a canonical fact in that writing in that scene that like. The shitty weasel dude just did not even know what they were talking about. That he was out of his. You're out of your element, Donnie, and he's yeah. still trying to fucking be. And then, like, and then his boss is essentially like, "Please, like, the 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 grownups are talking." And it's like, "You saw a Perfect Soldier? Are you fucking sure about that?" And he's just like, "Kiriko, I don't like Kiriko. He's upstaging me." <laughs> so what follows is a similar kind of progression to the Voodoo arc, where Kiriko is kind of always dancing with the... Kiriko and his squad are always going out. Like every episode, kind of follows the format of, "Hey, we're gonna go look for the secret society base," and then Kanyu is like, "No, we're gonna do this. We're gonna go harass these monks in this temple." And the monks are going to say there's no Vila there, but there are. And then a lot of people die. And then Kanyu somehow manages to make this Kiriko's fault. <laughs> and that happens like eight times. Yeah, I, 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 I did, I did like, I did like the progression better. Like, like when, when it, when the, 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 the middle part, the middle part 
dragged like not dragged that's like bad but like it was it was it was prolonged more similarly to the voodoo arc but the i i liked i liked it because unlike the voodoo arc there was there was still a sense of things progressing the voodoo arc was basically like them wishing and hoping that the cops were gonna leave them alone for five fucking minutes and that just didn't happen like five times they just and, killed the cops <laughs> That's yeah it. and then the military had to get involved and then everyone was like we gotta go like how many times like literally the half of the voodoo arc was just like hiriko going like how many times do i have to teach you this lesson old man <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> yeah um, but uh, but this one was actually like a war that was progressing and like the tides were turning and there was there was things to pay attention to as as the story progressed like each each battle was like significant yeah it like you could feel the repercussions like at one point the vanilla coconut and uh, gothos club gets burned to the ground yeah just because their their base gets attacked in like a surprise attack it like it's pretty intense like what the the bat like once again the combat in votoms feels like combat it does it's not like it is exciting and and like engaging but it's like it's war. It feels chaotic. Like, you were saying something about that earlier today that I wanted to kind of use this as a segue into what you wanted to say. Um. About Votoms as, like, a piece of war media. Y- yeah, like, I was talking to you about this before we were recording, which I should really learn my lesson about, because I have so much trouble reiterating things I've already t- put in the mental effort to say correctly. Um. <laughs> but it's, like, I, I always hear... Uh, like I, I've heard uh, several sentiments given about the idea of like you can't make an anti-war piece of war fiction because it's always going to be co-opted by people who are pro-war. Like as as long as some as long as a pro-war person sees warfare happening on the screen, they're going to go like, yeah, that's fucking awesome, no matter what else is being said. Um, and on some level, I do believe that, but I I, I also feel like like Votam's Votoms is one of the best examples I've seen in recent memory of, of, of the opposite of that notion. Just because so little emphasis is put on the fights themselves. There's in a real big bad way. Like, there's very few, like, like, like sometimes, like sometimes, like sometimes I worry that when we go into these, we're like, I, I don't, I won't have much to talk about. And one of the reasons that it's that it can be difficult for for me to keep track of stuff is because I'm so used to the normal shonen type pacing of like yeah stuff stuff happens and plot progresses and there's narrative moments and character moments but then everything sort of yeah. bookends quote unquote the fight you know like yeah. the, like like every time Luffy fights an important character in in One Piece and like every time. It, Every time they're they're fighting the little mini fights in Dragon Ball Z before Goku shows up, things aren't really bookended like that in in Votoms. What matters? What ma- I mean, again, I I, I haven't like, correct me if I'm wrong because you've seen the rest of the show and I haven't yet. But like, it feels like the progression is 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 much more about like the the repercussions of the battle the focus like even during the battle the the focus isn't always on like almost harkening back to our previous episode of um grand Belm, there's a lot of moments where other shows would put more focus on the mech fights but instead we cut away to how people are responding to it 
but it's used better here than it is in Grand Belm. Uh, yeah. Grand Belm, I, I, I 100% am of the opinion that they used it for budgeting purposes. Um, oh, yes. And you know what? And hey, like, you know, like, Photoms didn't, d- didn't have an amazing budget. Maybe that was their reasoning, too, but they took that and did something with it, a la Silent Hill Fog, you know? Like, things... That, w- when you truly are able to think outside the box with a work and understand that you don't need a blank check to make something amazing, you you can you can work around it and come up with sometimes a better idea than whatever you would have come up with with infinite money and time. But regardless, um, like like the scene where their where their bar burns down, that scene was like twice as long than I thought it was gonna be. Oh yeah, it's you see them like trying to put it out and then eventually not being able to, and then doesn't like vanilla like just, I'm just gonna die in this thing and Coconut has to convince him not to. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that what happens? Because, yeah, like, I watched this these episodes a couple weeks ago, so I'm a little fo- foggy, but... Yeah, no, he, 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 tr- like, he tries way longer than I thought he, like, they, they, their whole dialogue and, like, the, I don't know, yeah, you, like, you, you, you see, you just see more of what warfare does than the warfare it, itself. And not even necessarily, because it's like, whenever other sh- whenever other shows want to want try to go for that angle, what they just usually end up doing is showing you a bunch of soldiers dying really brutally. And it's like, that, that doesn't work. That's effective work. to a point, but, like, you can't you have just that. Yeah, especially, especially in the current, especially in the current pop cultural climate where everybody's horny for Game of Thrones and they want, the, it, hey, it turns out if you do nothing but show audiences, like, fucking blood... They're gonna start chanting for more blood. <laughs> um, That's been true for two thousand years, Tooch. Yeah, uh, the Romans figured that one out. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but but honestly, this the show isn't gory, and it's 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 not. It's it's, it's more too... violent than you'd think it would be. But it, but it's not like I wouldn't call it. It's not like you're watching Kiriko literally like blow somebody's brain out, and you see yeah. bits of skull fly everywhere. Like, and it's too an amazing. Kiriko shoots it... a lot of dudes, and they die. And they bleed like there's and there are some better effects that are because yeah when they when they do show blood it's like oh shit like when uh, I, f- I forget the context I forget I forget the context but like Fela get does Fela get like shot or something or whatever and like some some blood comes out yeah I think Fiona gets shot at one point Fiona. or Kiriko gets stabbed and then yeah Kiriko and then like the like fucking weasel fucking knack the weasel over here fucking uh, Kanye yeah. Yeah, Kanye stabs Kiriko, and that's a really tense moment, you know, in a show like, I don't know, like, it's something like Berserk, somebody gets stabbed, that's, you've lost one HP, that's nothing. Um, Guts is cleaving horses in half for yeah. breakfast, like, that's... <laughs> but yeah, like, when so when people actually bite it, it's it's a lot, but it's not... It's a good middle ground between the kinds of anime, because we usually get one or the other. We usually get the anime where everyone dies all the time, or we get the show where nobody ever dies except for literally one major character in, like, 200 chapters of a fucking of a manga. And then it's important, yeah, like it's only this... important because it's the only guy to ever die ever in the whole show. This is smack dab in the middle. It's not a Tomino show where characters are disp- where, ca- where, like, every character at some point can just die at any time. Like when like that, when that the... one when that one mercenary like jumped into the fucking abyss at the end of the series to like save Kiriko, like that was a pretty good fucking moment. Yeah, like it's it's great because like this arc I think is a, is really good escalation of tension too. 
Yeah. Oh, it's there's so much tension because it's in this Vietnam. Arc, it's Vietnam, but also like Fiona has like is, is kind of, like they're like let's talk about Fiona for a bit because she has an interesting arc in this. Mm-hmm. Well, she has an interesting stuff to do in this season too, because it's like. At this point, since she's, like, refusing to fight anymore because she loves Kiriko, she doesn't want to kill him, they're like, well, Ypsilon's killing dudes, like, left and right. He's doing great. We don't know about you. Why do we even keep you around anymore? Like, <laughs> seriously. And so, like, they, she's pretty much there almost as bait for Kiriko. That's essentially it. That's the only reason they haven't just shot her at that point. And they pretty much tell that to her, and it's really like, oh, God. Like, they already, like, they're pretty much saying that she is a failure. That is about it. And... Yikes. And now that we got a working PS, we don't really even need you anymore. Why are you here? So that I always, I so I don't know. I feel like Fiona's getting a little more agency. She's developing more as a character now. Yeah. Because in Voodoo, she was still like shrouded in mystery. We barely knew her, but now we're getting a much more solid idea of who she is and like what she's all about. Yeah, because because it because it, it, it turns because it turns out when you do when you do nothing but shit on your child, they will be way more likely to re- actively rebel. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I like how also it takes a while for them to even reveal Ypsilon, because, like, it doesn't break continuity, because yes. Kiriko never saw saw Ypsilon in Last Red Shoulder. Yeah, he, yeah. He, for the entire time, he thought that was Fiana, and it carries into this. He thinks that, oh, this PS fucking of everybody and that blue, you know, snapping turtle. Yeah, and we, is... and we don't. We, we don't get that reveal for, like, two or three episodes. Like, they keep yeah, like, getting Kiriko's into scraps. Legit, like, he keeps getting into fights. <laughs> And it's just like, 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 why are you, like, like, baby, please. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were cool. Um, and then finally, and, and, you know, obviously I, I had, you know, watched these out of production order. So I watched the last red, the, the red shoulder. So the whole time I was like, I know, I know that Ypsilon's in there. Fucking, <laughs> that is the one thing that would be different, right? I would be like, who the, f-? like, okay, me knowing tropes, I would watch it and go like, okay, it's clearly not. I keep fucking mispronouncing your name. Is it Fiana or Fiana? Fiana, like I, I yeah. okay, like it's not Fiana because she hasn't said anything or been shown inside the cockpit, so that's clearly not Fiana. So I'd be like, who the fuck is this? And then it probably would have, it probably would have came off a little anticlimactic because it would have been a reveal of this random fucking white-haired anime boy, and I'd be like, who is this angry child? Who's this sassy <laughs> lost child? <laughs> Um, I, I like I like Epsilon. The, honestly, the more the the more I sh- the more I shit on Epsilon, the more I am endearing myself to him as we as I as I actively rag on him. But that's just I like being mean to boys. <laughs> I like how Epsilon actually is a really good contrast to Kiriko as well, mm-hmm. because Kiriko is so cool headed and single minded, and Epsilon is so not, but also single minded. Yes, you know what that is, and you know that's it, it's on the nose, but it works. On the nose, things it are does. good. Sometimes it just it's if it's done well. Yeah, yeah. Something can be could, on the nose, but it can also be be done it's, well. It works and because it because it, it works good because they don't ever <laughs> for when they like they don't dwell on it. There's no like like in in a in a in a worse written show that has that has less respect for its audience. There would totally be some rando some random general or something being like, huh, "You're the exact opposite of Kiriko, aren't you? You're so fucking like blah 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 like." Um, shit like that. Dialogue I hate. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm looking forward to more of this angry, angry white boy polka. So Kiriko eventually kind of, I think he he either gets captured or he infiltrates their their kind of like temple base. 
Yeah, he just shows the, the, up. The, he just yeah, knocks. Kimiko, he just gets a wild hair up his ass and knocks on their door, like, "Hey, I, I'm sick and tired of this shit. I need to know what's going on with you people." And I like that Ypsilon kicks Kiriko's ass at balancing. Their 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 martial art of balancing. Yeah, right. I like that a lot. I like how um you because like for Kiriko's been pretty much an unstoppable god of combat at this point. Like, he's just a killing machine. Like, he gets into an AT, and he just gets a look at- he doesn't get a look at his eye, his eyes just go dead, and then- And then- Murder happens. Just, then, then lots of- lots of war happens. But he, we see here that Kiriko just gets his ass kicked, and that's- that's great. I like that. I like when- that's- I think the best- that's- what I hate about Shonen is that you either- you have- Shonen goes one of two ways, and I hate both of them. You have the, oh my god, Cell is a hundred times stronger than Frieza was. Or you have the, oh god, I used all my power fighting Frieza, now I have nothing to fight Cell. There, shonen anime does one or two things, and I hate Dragon it. Dragon Ball Z did both. It did, and Regularly. I hate it. <laughs> oh, man. Because it's like, I don't know, like, the, the progression in this feels like Fist of the North Star, in, in a way, where it was like, Kenshiro would fight a guy, and because like Kenshiro can punch dudes and they explode, uh-huh. and that's like about it. But the Kenshiro will meet a guy, so Kenshiro will fight Shin. Shin, he'll kick Shin's ass. Then you got the next big bad guy, Jagi. You know, Jagi's a bit stronger, so he has a bigger. He, so Kenshiro has a you know longer fight with him. Then you know we bring in Souther, and you're like, what? Who the fuck is this guy? And Souther just straight up just like stabs Kenshiro through the fucking chest with his fingers, and Kenshiro's in a coma for three episodes. Well, and then you're like. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like that kind of progression, where it's like... It's not that Kenshiro then needs to go in the hyperbolic time chamber for an entire arc. It's no, it's like, no, I have to learn how Souther fights so that I can learn to fight him. Mm-hmm. Where that was kind of... It, it, like, I'm not saying I'm an expert on martial arts and fighting, but I'm like, it, it, it's from a storytelling perspective that yeah. made more sense than yeah. I gotta go shoot Kamehameha's at the ocean for 12 fucking years yeah. to get arbitrarily, quote-unquote, stronger. Um, I think, funnily enough, I think, no, Bleach didn't do it well, but Bleach did that, but they did it so much in quick, like, every single, every single story arc of Bleach was, was just like, wow, uh, Ichigo, you got your ass beat by the, by this, by this group of, by this new group of, like, a dozen new anime characters in this show that already has 80 fucking characters in it, and here's 10 more. Um, and five we, of the bad guys in the previous arc are now our friends. Uh, yeah, yeah, but because it's like okay, so then now you have to learn their technique, and now you're one of them, and now you can use their power, and it's just like it's, Bleach wasn't good. Bleach um, was not good. Bleach was not good. But I wa- I watched a whole big long video essay about the the fucking trials and tribulations of of being a popular shonen jump mangaka and i have some, i do have some modicum of sympathy for all the bullshit that that that, that author well, went through just to i think it's tight comic. kubo I, I think that's the thing. it's i think tight is like it's, it's like it's pen name yeah but like, i always kubo, thought i always thought it was tite but that's dumb and based on nothing i that's just how i, I don't know I i'm just i haven't it. thought about bleach tight kubo I, is a good name i hope it's tight kubo that's what i'd like to yeah call i'm myself. not sure i'm not i'm that's why i'm saying hey douchebag us about the manga about the all the creator of bleach but I you know what don't you... <laughs> <laughs> that one's fine <laughs> I don't care, but um, but I was I was gonna say I always saw him more as an artist first and a writer second, and that really came across. 
Like, I think if he had a solid writer, he could make some dope-ass fight scenes for a better, that had more weight, because there was a better yeah. writer writing it. He, he also definitely, he, he tried to, he tried to play both sides of the field of what we were talking about earlier, where nobody dies or everybody dies. He put everybody on the brink of death every single fight, and then would even sometimes just make you think, like, oh, this character's not gonna make it, and then every single fucking fight, everybody always lived. No matter so how So that it much, had absolutely no, no so it deflates any and all tension. It, by the sec, that, like, by the second major arc, I just was like, oh, you're just you're just always gonna do this you're just gonna like cut like literally just like a character will just be impaled and just literally just like buckets of blood are dripping out of them and the excuse is like i guess the excuse is like they're like super powered they're like superhuman shinigami it's like last action hero rules um so yeah fuck that fuck bleach um (laughs) yeah fuck bleach photoms is not bad Votoms is very good. You were even saying that Votoms is becoming one of your favorite shows, and I'm very happy about that. Uh, yeah, it really, I mean, like, I, I always like to wait, like, unless something is still currently ongoing, I always like to wait until it's, like, done, until I've finished it, so I can have, like, a, a more well-rounded opinion on the text as a whole. But for now, I've been, I'm really enjoying it, and I like where it's going, and I like the pace, and I like the how it, I like its themes, which, you know, are present in plenty of other media, but I like how it handles the themes, and I like, I just, yeah, it, all, all around good. I can't, I can't, I can't wait for the third Woodoo clip show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, fucking, I can't wait for the, the the theatrical adaptation, Armored Trooper Votoms, Do You Remember Woodoo? that's that's a that's a really good joke i thought you were gonna say i can't wait for the live action hollywood michael bay directed adaptation that misses the point entirely um yeah i i can't (laughs) the the fucking i for some reason my brain went to the fucking uh the i the trailer because i haven't seen the film but you remember the trailer for jarhead of just like a bunch of war stuff happening while jesus walks with me plays by kanye west um just like that but it's but it's votoms um yeah i don't know you get again like adaptate adaptations fucked for so many ways like my brain like i am ever the optimist so my brain always goes to you could do it but then my second thought is always but no one's ever fucking gonna because like, the hollywood was, system is fucked we were talking to some of our friends on discord about the upcoming uh gundam, gundam. live action movie whatever the fuck that's gonna turn out to be and um you said i, I made a joke about you know a guy named like mike ray Instead of Amaro, yes. and you were saying, "Oh, they, they're way past the point of romanizing names." And then I, I, I was, I didn't have a have a response for you, but now I do. Ghost in the Shell, the live action movie. God, I didn't see that one. Did they romanize people's names? Oh yeah, they made, but they spelled Bato like like French, so that he had he so that he could be white. Oh, whack. Uh, we're gonna have to cover that because I, I want to get mad on an episode of of Metrospective, so we're gonna have mad. to do that at some Welcome point. Madrospective. <laughs> That'll be our first episode of Madrospective. That's yeah. That but, uh, that'll be the that'll that'll be the 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 AU the the doomed the doomed timeline. Tuchin Dev that are stuck on the moon and are forced to wa- are forced to watch bad mecha stuff, a la MST3K. Except it just gets a lot darker than that. Where like ha- some it's not like funny commentary. It's just a Devin, lot. what if we're the Mads? What if we send our doomed selves, the shitty ones, to watch because their lives are already bad and we don't want to do it? <laughs> They hate us God. so much. 
I, I can't wait for moon, for more Moon Wars more Moon Wars canon. But um, getting back to Votoms, getting back to Votoms, uh, mm-hmm. eventually Rochina comes back. Like he just he arrives in like in the first episode of this arc, he was like, "Yeah, it looks like Kiriko is gonna be there," and so it takes him kind of like halfway into this arc to get there. Yeah, because I think he just, I think he wanted, they were like, well, let's wait and see what he does. He shouldn't be there for very long, but I guess he ended up being there for long. And so they show, so Rochina shows up and he is now uh, kind of conspiring with, you know, the mercenary leader, Gon, uh, Gon New, Glass Eye Man, to, they want to get their hands on a PS. And so now they're like, okay, Rochina is going to work with us. And Kiriko, you're now in command. We want you to go and get Fiana. And Kiriko's like, yes, finally, this is what I want to do. <laughs> this is what I've been here for this entire time. So Kiriko goes, so they go three separate times and Ga- and Kanyu manages to derail their mission every time. Like that happens three times in a row and it's <laughs> like, right? So it gets to a point where eventually, uh, Kiriko just says, fuck this, and kind of goes and has his own, like, little, uh, 8th MS team-esque kind of, uh, rendezvous with Fiana, where they're, like, he, like, I think he breaks her out, and they're in the middle of the jungle, and he's, like, they're trying to escape. I think, I think Ypsilon's on their tail, but that's when they has the fight with Kanyu, because Kanyu's like, Kiriko, you fucking traitor, for some reason. And they have a really, like, dramatic fight, where Kiriko throws him to a fucking river. Yeah. And then I was like, cool, Kanyu's finally dead, and then, no, he's not. <laughs> not yet. And he comes back, and I like how he's like, Kiriko tried to kill me, and Ganyu's like, so what? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like, well, he should have like, tried harder. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, they, they, everyone, everything kind of comes together in this big final battle that's, like, crazy. Mm. You got, you, like, it, um, we, let's talk about, uh, Potaria, though, because he actually is somewhat more important, and we have Potaria and Monica's little subplot. Yeah, like, it's it's sort of like, I I almost forgot about it, like, there was there was a string of episodes where it wasn't really touched on, but then, like, Monica just shows up again, like, as as things are coming to, as coming to a boil. And um, she, like, also starts kind of helping Kiriko. I think she helps Kiriko get escape with Fiana. Yeah, because point. like every but like the the longer the longer this war goes on, the more the actual soldiers are looking at their leaders and going like the secret oh, society. Yeah, just like oh, I think these people suck. <laughs> like Boro is still there. Uh, since In- Isqui died at Wudu, Boro is the only bad guy we have left at the moment. Because mm-hmm. Bur the the Pope looking guy, and uh, he eats it in this arc too. Yeah, fucking, he does, like, that was, it's such a good moment of just, of Kiriko just, like, okay, that's the, this is the one, like, they, Votoms earns this so much of just Kiriko actually being, like, the, 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 the pissed off badass, just, like, interrogating this man dangling from his, dangling to his death of just, like, fucking, you, you're gonna, now you are gonna tell me every fucking thing I wanna know, and there's literally nothing stopping me, because you're gonna die. And he doesn't get much information either out of Boro. No. And the information he does get, he just sort of decides, like, oh, he was, clearly he was lying because it wasn't what I wanted to hear. <laughs> oh, Kiriko. So, um, Burrow falls to his death, kind of. He he, dar- he gets Darth mauled. Mm-hmm. 
Except not cut in half. That would have been cool if Kiriko cut him in half. He got he got emperored. He got emperor. Well, you know, no. Who you know who seriously gets emperored? Fucking Kanye yeah. does. Yes, Shaco Kanye. Fucking... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. He like shoots the dude in the leg, and he's just like like just just takes the bullet. Like, no, I want to kill you way too bad. <laughs> like, I'm so gl- I'm like I'm so glad Kanye got to eat it, and Shaco like even Shaco was just like, nah, you're you're just a piece of shit. Fucking I'm, I'm tired of your shit. Potaria was one of the other members of Kiriko's kind of squad, along with Shako and Kidera mm-hmm. and Kanyu. Uh, Potaria like, is actually, here. like, he was from Kumin, yeah. And uh, he, like, was a part of, like, the I think the royal family's, like, royal guard or something. Yeah. And so he, like, is trying to, he, like, even when he's there, he's trying to convince Kanjulman to, like, surrender and back down and, like, you're tearing our fucking country apart. Yeah. And so one of the gorillas, Monica, it was, like, a, I think it was either his sister or his childhood friend, like, one of them. I feel like it was a childhood friend. I don't think they were related. But she actually ends up dying, and he's all like, this is fucked. And, uh... Yeah, she, she, she's the one that gets shot. Like, her death was the one I was thinking about earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, and that was an intense moment, again, because Votoms doesn't... Votoms doesn't dwell on murder, so when it happens on screen, it's fucking important. Yeah, and, was, and like, even though we don't really know her that well, you know, the death had a lot of resonance, which, it, like, it felt... You feel, you feel it. Yeah. Well, cause every, cause like everything we do see of her is, is important. Like they, she, they really utilize her screen time really fucking well. Like, like the very first shot she's in, she's like raiding their, raiding their base and just like fucking like, ki- like k- kicks a dude, like kicks a dude while riding a motorcycle. I was a me, I told you, I, I DM'd you. I was immediately like, I don't fucking know who Monica is, but she's dope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she is. And, like, that's—I feel like that's something 0079 did really well, too, that Votoms does, is, like, mm-hmm. one-off characters that are pretty memorable. Like, Miharu in 0079. Like, like her arc is—that's that, how the second movie ends, and that's fucked. Yeah. Or, like, Kai has a girlfriend for ten minutes. Or, yeah. like, Amro's mom and Amro's dad. Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, <laughs> or Cameron, like, Mirai's old fiancé. And Slegger, the the guy who's there for the second and third movie, who gets fucking killed by Big Zam. Yeah, and also like just 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 the fact that like just the fact that they included that in the movie at all, like in a sh- it, it, they were they were given the task of cutting, of trimming the fat to to jam this these, these like forty eight or so episodes into three movies, and they 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 kept they kept Kai's ten minute girlfriend because it's that fucking good. Yeah, it's important too. Like I feel that Monica reminded Monica's whole thing reminded me of 0079. Mm-hmm. Like that was a very 0079 like because she's not cause, like, yeah because she's not I mean she is a soldier but like that's not why we're endeared to her her plot line is very much like like this war is fucking up every, this war is fucking up my home um, it's tearing I, people it's tearing people apart on the personal level yes and and, and it's. And, you know, and, and like I said, like she she was the one. She overheard, she overheard like her superiors talking, and and the 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 head dude whose name I forget, I think it was just like a word. What was it, like Burrow or something like that. Burrow, yeah, he was the uh, he's the the Pope guy. <clears throat> um, okay, Burrow. Then I'm thinking of the other one, the other one that the po the puts Potario fought at the end and killed. Uh, Conjelman. Conjelman. Conjelman, I think, or Conjelman. Something like that. The um, prince. Yeah, 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 and she overheard them talking, and he was like, "Oh yeah, this whole war was just like an experiment for me, basically." And she's like, "Oh yeah, we're just we're tra- we're here to test the epsilon." 
uh, oh, then I'm going to murder you. It was basically her, and she almost did. She fucking should have. Um, <laughs> um, dude, what if she killed Kanye? That would that... be cool. <laughs> 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 what if that was our whole podcast of just us being like, yo, what if, what if that happened? That'd be cool. That'd be, That'd be fucking cool. cool. What if, what, if Amuro, our... what, what if Amuro just, like, shot Char with a gun? That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be really cool. That'd be fucking cool. What if Amro? What if Amro like? What if Amro like fucked? That'd be cool. <laughs> In the books, he fucks Sayla. No, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, like the the Tomino written 0079 novels end with Amro dying at Aboaku and and Sayla's pregnant with his child. Camille. <laughs> Camille's anything, he's Char's child, but he's Char's angry adopted teenage son. Yeah. He... God. But that's Char's a, the but cool that's dad. A, but that's another that's abridged later. series. Um, that's an abridged series. Camille, let's wrap. Uh, he just <laughs> sits that's backwards how on a chair. That's, Camille, you seem to be pretty angry after your second girlfriend just got killed. Let's wrap about this. I think Camille just punches him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cutting this, but that's really funny. Ugh. Um, <laughs> but yeah. But the, uh, so Kiriko is now reunited with Fiana, and it ends with him essentially just saying, fuck this gay earth, and they leave. Ki- is uh, Fiana is in a Gigerium pod, and uh, they manage to escape, which will lead us directly into the Sunsa arc. Mm-hmm. I did want to touch on, though, um, the, 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 the prince's how the prince does die uh he, yeah. he just sort of tries to he re, he tries to redeem himself in like a very like classic aristocratic kind of like way this sense of like oh we're gonna have a duel to the death and then as i'm dying i'm gonna monologue about all my regrets in life and how like the the, the, the old ways need to die out and i with it and i'm just like fucking 10 minutes ago you were just saying what a fucking g you are for making this perfect soldier and fighting <laughs> like fuck off idiot <laughs> die um, and he did and i was glad <laughs> now die what if Pitari had shot the prince with like a gun <laughs> cool that'd be fucking cool that'd be fine honestly though like <laughs> i think even if we were those types of douchebags we would think that the that the spear duel was cooler because that was cool they don't even spears they're like sticks with hooks where you trip your opponent and that's it yeah it's it's a specific weapon it's a specific i think it's a specific weapon that exists i forget what it's called though but um it's a hook on a stick i think i, I you can get them in breath of the wild uh <laughs> my favorite my favorite weapon hook on stick yes um and and yeah and i love how he almost accidentally stabbed him because they were just doing the duel thing and when you only know how to fight non-lethally in a duel like you're sparring that's just kind of what you do but then the dude sort of let him kill him and he was just like shocked like i looked up because i looked i like glanced away from the screen and looked up and he was like oh huh like why didn't you move out of the way And i'm like damn what did you fall on it (laughs) um and then that, and then the whole building comes down, and Kir- and then Kiriko is just basically fucking, uh, fucking oh eight MS teams the fuck out of there. Yeah, he does. Um, he ki- he kies the fuck out. <laughs> I'm taking my girlfriend, and I'm leaving. Yeah, li- yeah, yep. <laughs> that's how, that's how both that's how both of these end. 
Well, Shiro. Shiro is the main character of 8th MS Shiro, team. right. Sorry, I got him confused. Speaking of 8th MS Team, what I want to talk about is, do you think the Kumin arc of Votoms inspired 8th MS Team? Maybe. Because, like, that was essentially Gundam Vietnam. This is, this was, this was, this was, yeah. You have the star-crossed lovers on both did, sides of a war, a, si- a part where they're both kind of in the jungle by themselves. Did, did, um, did they have the same mech designer? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, Kuni... Like I, I think I'm just wondering because um if that if there was an inspiration from Votoms there because I would believe that, that. I I would because I could that... not get Eighth MS Team out of my head the entire time I was watching the Kumin arc because there's there's so much media oh my god Ypsilon has the same hair as Ina's brother oh my fucking god they have the same right. fucking hair oh my god <laughs> holy shit Devin we're doing this live oh my god Genius. that was his name <laughs> um. But what I was gonna say was, um, you know, because the the people who people the people who make our media are also fans of media themselves, and not only are they fans of media that they grew up with, or they're also they're also fans of each other's stuff. Um, and every now and again, you'll hear like, "Oh, that person was a comedian's comedian." Like only other comedians thought they were funny, but like no one else did. Like people said that about like Andy Kaufman or whatever. Um, and like there's there's like shows where you ask you ask anybody working in the industry what inspires them and like the same shit comes up but it won't always be the biggest deal. I would believe and this is just conjecture I have no evidence, but I would believe that if you asked like a lot of the greats working in the industry at that time like all like the animation teams making mecha stuff in like the 80s and 90s what was their biggest inspirations a lot of them would probably say votoms i mean fucking hideo okay. kojima hideo kojima referenced votoms this year on his twitter um, yeah because of the uh the new the iphone x triple yeah. camera thing so i can't I, think of that and not think of a scope dog now yep uh and honestly i want that to exist i'm am i ever gonna have that iphone no uh but i want it to be out there and i want other people to have it <laughs> only if it spins though the iphone is static it doesn't spin around True. Like a vote, like like scope dog eye. I want some, um, I want somebody to mod an iPhone and break its warranty, just in general. But I also want someone to specifically do it to make it spin. Um, it needs to make like the whirring sound too. Yeah. I like. I know we talked about armor troopers a lot in the in the the first episode, but just they're so good. They're so well designed. They they're so well conceptualized and just. The fights in Votoms don't feel like anime fights. Like, sometimes in Gundam, as much as I absolutely adore Gundam as a franchise, mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, anime franchises, I think Gundam might be my favorite. Yeah. But, like, sometimes a lot of fights in Gundam are just, like, two robots shooting at each other from cross-cuts. Like, they're... Mm-hmm. It can get, like... It, it can get like that. Or just, like, the, like, the, 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 the spa- like, or it's, if it's in space, they're just sort of zipping around and doing a lot of the same, like, oh, like, a, it's space ballet mega fight maneuvers that you see in all of the cool, quote-unquote, like, cool-looking anime. Everything, it's all taken fights. from 0079. That's all, yeah. that's all, that's all lifted from 0079, and it's been expanded upon and improved since then, mm. but yeah. It's all the same DNA. Yeah. But... Like, vote, in Votoms, as I say it again, it, it looks like war. You, you, it's so chaotic and violent and, and like, yeah. tense, you can smell the fire. Yeah, it, it's it's chaotic, but but only in so... But only because, like, it's not... Again, it's not, like... It's it's not Dynasty Warriors where Kiriko has to go hunt down the general and everybody else is just kind of fighting around them. Like, fucking everybody... Everybody has a part to play. Everybody is doing something, but all but it's but it's also not like 
it's also not necessarily like something like um I'm brain farting on the mecha. What's me- mecha? Mecha Death Note. Lelouch. Code Geass. Code Geass. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not that where it's like where it's like there's one character doing like an int- an intricate chess game with everything. Like it's just like fucking. We gotta go fucking fight, and like they're, they're not being dumb about it. It's n- it's not just like a. St- like a street fight in mechs necessarily it they know how to do it's competent war. experienced soldiers doing war that's there's no yes. complex grand grandiose and then we encircle them here and there'll be the dramatic score we'll play and i'll look like a complete genius and the yeah. and we'll zoom in on the enemy general and he'll go nani kore yeah, that's I'm I'm waiting for a lot of that in Legends of the Galactic Heroes. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 all what that's Legends of the Galactic Heroes. That's that's what yeah. that is. But that's not this. <laughs> Dude, what if the Galactic Heroes just like fucking shot him? <laughs> what, what if like what if like what if Reinhardt just like shot Yang? <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be cool, dude. What if they like didn't even have spaceships? They would just like punch each other in space. Dude, what if the what if their ship? Why aren't their ships robots? That'd be cool. <laughs> we should watch. We should watch. We should watch Macross. <laughs> I dude, feel like the dude, we slide. Dude, what we slide. If- we we look at a regular miss. We look at like a regular mega series where like a robot shoots one missile and goes like, "Dude, what if that missile was like fifty missiles? That'd be cool." Let's <laughs> watch Macross. <laughs> I feel I feel that's like the mecha fan the mecha enthusiast versions of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what if what if we what what if we got the transient facts and then we felt the info high? That'd be cool. <laughs> Then we'll finally be free, bro. <laughs> we'll finally be free, bro. Dude, what if like okay? What if what if Hatsune what if Hatsune all... Miku tried to murder me? That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> bro, what if what if the space battleship Yamato turned into like a fucking robot? And what if it was full of planes and they turned into robots too? That'd be cool. So what if, what if, what if I what if I heard music for the first time? That'd be cool. <laughs> oh my god, Macross is that vine. I'm probably wasting this bit from when we actually talk about Macross, but Macross is the vine of, like, the alien pretending to be human who doesn't know what music is. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, that's oh, is this music? Entire... I love this. That's that's the that's the entire plot of Macross right there. <laughs> You're not li- I'm not lying. So, uh, we haven't talked about Kiriko a lot in this episode. Has Kiriko... Sh- ha- do you feel he's much different than he was in Wudu, or is it just more like has he progressed in an arc as much? I, he seems I, I, a little less. He seems a little more like comfortable around people than he was in Wudu. Yes, I feel. But then like... again, here he wasn't literally on the run. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it's it's less it's it's less that I feel like necessarily Kiriko is. Kiriko is developing personally, but I feel like our audience experience with Kiriko is, is enriched. Because before, we so we only ever saw him on the run, high stress, like balls to the wall, like sleeping with one eye open. And funnily enough, yeah. he had a, funnily enough, he had a way calmer time in fucking Nam. Because um, <clears throat> he's with... <laughs> in Blade Runner City. Yeah, he's with people he, he's with people he knows, and... It, He's with people he knows in like a somewhat more stable environment. Like, yes, there's there's a war going on, but at the very least, it's an actual war and not just hey, every now and again the cops are gonna show up and try to murder everybody. I, I feel like 
at least war sometimes has a little more order to it even in the worst of times but i feel kiriko is also just more comfortable in war than he is not in war that too because like yeah like kiriko doesn't doesn't behave super differently than, than he did in Wudu, but i feel like just the the length of time we're with him and the way we see him d- the, the the his relationship with uh the gang uh the the the, the scooby gang for the, the votoms scooby gang i love them vanilla. so much they're so good um and again like i don't even know and coconut start dating <laughs> kind yeah of. Oh, i forgot about that yes that was so cute that was so cute like uh, that like uh, like it was so well paced because like they really like they didn't they didn't telegraph it at all. Like, maybe this is me just living in the privileged 2019 era of animation where we've more, especially in kids' cartoons, where, where it's just my wheelhouse usually is where I uh, come from, like young adult media. Like, maybe this is me talking from the privileged place of 2019 where we've pretty much done away with the whole trope of like, oh, it's a it's it's a boy and a girl and they act like they hate each other, but they're actually in love. Like, that's always been bad and I'm glad we don't do it that much anymore. So maybe that's the reason I didn't see it coming, but like, I didn't. And when he was fine, like they, they were finally arguing and he was just like, what, did you think I was because doing all this for Kiriko? And she was like, well, then why were you doing it then if not for Kiriko? And he was like, fucking free. I think it was the way, right? It was the nervousness. He just legitimately just yeah. like caught himself slipping. It's <laughs> like oh, I, they're, they're both. There's I. What it is is they're both. They're both cute. I like them both. Usually in dynamics like that, one of them is just clearly an aggressor and shitty, and I don't like them. And that the, the a relationship like that would be like shitty in real life. But they're both just like really cute and dumb. They're dummies. I love them. Um, yeah, I love these losers. I love these weirdos. Um. Uh, yeah. I also, because Kokona always had kind of a thing for Kiriko, but then she just sees how he's, like, so fixated on Fiana, and he, yes. she, she's kind of like, oh. But also, even even then, like, I always I always interpreted Kokona's thing for Kiriko as, like, a crush. Um, oh, yeah. But it's I, still, I, like, I, it sucks when, yeah. And yeah, so I feel yeah, like, yeah. And that was, because I think she was, like, sad about that, and that's what triggered into that conversation. Yeah. Um, and Vanilla just has no game. Uh, <laughs> no, he has a fucking afro and like a weird like. I like Vanilla. He, he he even was kind of a badass in this. He was even a fucking helicopter pilot again. Yeah, his 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 fucking his bar burned down, and he he was like, you know what? I'm gonna like I'm gonna stop running. And I like maybe this is me reading into it because this is definitely how I felt. But when he shows up and Kiriko's like, oh Vanilla, it's you, and he's like, yeah, I, I joined up. I'm in the war now. I feel like the the pause and silence from Kiriko is just like. You really shouldn't have fucking done that, man. Like, I don't need <laughs> no, <please, laughs> like, You should you're, leave. You're, you should leave right now. <laughs> he has, like, gl- he has, like, goggles on. He's so hype. He's like, Kiriko's gonna think I'm so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Kiriko's like, you're gonna... You're gonna like, die. You're gonna... You're, like, the, the, you're, you're either gonna die or worse, you're gonna end up being me. <laughs> <laughs> don't be like me. I have a tattoo of a scope dog on my chest. <laughs> Dude, I, I get I a scope t- dog tattooed on me. I have, a t- I have a tattoo of a glowing bald woman on my chest. <laughs> I, I am covered in food products. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, the I think one of the best moments in this arc actually was like Fiona and Ypsilon interacting. Like I like their interactions because... yes. Fiana has the same same relationship to her. Uh, well, Ypsilon has the same relationship to Fiana that Fiana does to Kiriko. 
because he like can't hurt her. He can't harm her. He can't. Just the way that like Fiona has that attachment to um, to Kiriko being the first person that like she ever saw, and so you know as we established in Last Red Shoulder, that's that's how he, he woke up as a as an adult man, baby. Yes. And he, and so <laughs> pissing he and shitting everywhere. Um. <laughs> he has some confused mommy feelings about Fiona, I think. Yeah, I I, I do like this, and again, like because it's any other. Any other, a worse written show would have made this a love triangle. It's still, triangles are good. And even some love triangles are good. But this wouldn't have been good if it was a love triangle. But I like that it's still a triangle. I like this really messy, interconnected relationship that the three of them Where, like, Fiona definitely also cares for for Ypsilon. Yeah. hopes that she can, like, make him not what he is. Oh my god, I'm very I'm very sorry to bring this to the table, but it just hit me like a train and I need to voice it. I think she's I think she's trying to auspicize Epsilon and here we go. Homestuck is a curse we all have to bear forever. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I'll 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 stop it there. Cuz it's like it's almost like because it, it's funny, you know how what relate, you know what I kind of feel that like how Ypsilon sees Kiriko mm-hmm. is it's like that you're my asshole stepdad who's banging <laughs> no, my mom. Devin. Oh, Devin, <laughs> you're right though. That's how Ypsilon sees Kiriko, and Kiriko's oh. just like, "Who are you? I just want to be with my girlfriend. What are you?" <laughs> That makes Ki- that makes Kiriko so much shittier in in, in this metaphor though. Like Kiriko I, well, did nothing saying, wrong. Well, no, this is just purely from Ypsilon's perspective. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's... I'm not saying this is how it is. This is how this is how Ypsilon is experiencing this. Right. You're you're right because like again like like she could totally be like you know like if you if you just if you just like stop trying to kill Kiriko maybe you two could work something out and you'd be like why would I ever do that he sucks. Look at him. <laughs> he's still look at him. He sucks. His hair's blue. My hair's white. Now look how much cooler that is. Yeah. What if I just shot Kirio with a gun? That'd be cool. <laughs> I think that's the only thing Gibson thinks to himself. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing Gibson's thinking. What if I shot Kirio with a gun? That'd be, That'd be cool. cool. <laughs> don't, don't like half of the Sunsa arc is just Ypsilon and Kiriko fighting one on one. It's pretty cool. Okay. All right. You know. You know what? Then you know what? Then if that's how it's gonna, that's how it's gonna be. Then I think the show has earned that. Yeah, it built up the the Kiriko Ypsilon stuff. This entire arc was built up for that. Mm-hmm. If you spend like fifteen episodes building something up to like two guys, then you know, clashing for fifteen more episodes, that's that's good. Yes. I feel like a lot more anime... Like, I know the 50-episode animes are over. No one does this anymore. Okay. Like, that's just... Just because there is a lot more anime happening simultaneously than there used to be. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much money in animators. Yeah, if anything, there are... Both things are dwindling in the industry more and more every year. <laughs> so it's like, I get that. Uh, like we're never gonna see another armor, another fifty-two episode anime with four concise arcs. But I think in co- terms of like narrative structure, I think Votoms is like some of the best of the best in terms of like 
Not saying Votoms has the best plot or the best characters of all time. It's up there. I like Votoms a lot. It's 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 uh, it's honestly the more I watch it, I I, I felt good about it. Mm-hmm. But watching it a second time, I appreciate it much more. I it's so wild how many like because you know what what a lot of people want to s- summarize when they talk about shows is like who's the show for? Whenever I think about the types of people I would pitch Votoms to, it's almost exclusively like never Mecca fans. <laughs> It's like I would I would pitch Votoms to somebody who likes like tabletop war games because that aesthetic. Oh, is... BattleTech, BattleTech, Warhammer, fucking, or even just like the the weird uncles and grandpas who like to like just paint regular ass like World War Two tanks and play them on a terrain in a game shop. The, the people who play like Flames of Valor. Yeah, that's like I the think... World War Two tabletop game. I think. Okay, yes, we've come back around. I think we had this exact same conversation bef- before I even, in the Moon Wars episode, I think before we even watched Votoms, and, I, and I'm glad that once again I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> we either had that in the Votoms episode or the Moon Wars episode. Yes. That was um, recorded the same night, so. True. But, um, we, but, 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 yeah, um, and, and I would, I, I would... I would recommend this to like people who like war dramas and who are maybe interested in dipping their toe into some more heavy, heavily genreed stuff. Um, I said, if you like Metal Gear, you might like this. If you like it's Metal, not if, as like deconstructive as Metal Gear, or if like you, as if you like Metal Gear for the MSX. <laughs> <laughs> if you like if Metal, you like Gear, Metal 2, Gear colon Solid Snake, <laughs> I was just about to call it that. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. That's why we do this podcast. Uh-huh. I would play a vote, dude. I would play a Votoms tabletop game. I absolutely would. That'd be that'd be that would be dope. cool, dude. I wonder if they make scope dog models. I'd buy a scope dog. You like, could, I want you... a scope dog now. Oh yeah, same. I would love to paint a. I would love to paint a scope dog. I wanna. I wanna like. I I wanna give it all of the cool like rust and battle damage shit. Give it a red shoulder or don't <laughs> because the red shoulders committed war crimes. Give it. Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody who piloted a scope dog committed a war crime at least once. Um, but I would, I would, no, I would, I would paint it wrong, like how Vanilla did. I would use the wrong color. Oh, so yeah, so use Kiriko's scope dog custom, the the turbo, the red shoulder turbo custom. Yeah. In, uh, in Super Robot Wars, uh, Z2, you can actually, um, prevent the deaths of of Mirza, um, Byman and Gregor and have them accompany you to the Kuman arc. Hell Yeah. I really, I like the, I like the the other red shoulders. I liked them. <laughs> they were cool. Um. So yeah, would you uh, would you so you'd say the Kuman arc is an escalation of the Udo arc in terms of quality and tension? It's, it's it is both, it is both continuing the story in a way that I like, and it is it improves it improves everything I liked about about Wudu. It's less repetitive than the Wudu arc. The Wudu arc kind of blends together in my head because a lot of it is just Kiriko shooting at police. It's officers. less repetitive, and, and then when you look at the show, when you look at the show overall, I like the precedent it sets of like we're gonna give you like the, the like I I know nothing I know next to nothing about the next arc. I am looking forward to seeing like a new location and a new overall conflict and and like while the overarching story continues, like I I love that shit. That's one of the reasons. I love Hunter Hunter because everybody, because every every arc of Hunter Hunter is basically a totally different shonen manga. Fucking. <laughs> so we for those listening at home, 
Yes. We are going to be covering, next week, we are going to be covering Getter Robo Armageddon, going back to Getter. Yeah, finally, I'm so ready. Uh, so, or as it's known in Japan, Shin Getter Robo, The Earth's Last Day. That's a cool Which one. Which is a pretty good title, too. It's a cool one, but I, I, I feel like it's trying to chomp at the day the Earth stood still. Um, um, did one so precede, I'm... did that precede the other? Which came first? Uh, Dave stood still definitely came first. The giant robot Dave Yeah, in 1968, I think. No, that's the that's the movie. I mean the giant oh. robo OVA. Oh, oh, that's, um... Oh, it aired, oh, it, oh, they were released over a series of several years. I forgot how OVAs worked. Um, yeah, 1992 to 1998. And then Get a Robo Armageddon. Also an OVA. Yes, was released... From 97 to 90... Oh, no, that's the manga. Uh, 98 to 99? Yeah, 98 to 99. Okay, so it was like right after Giant Robo. It's the same director. Fuck, is it? Yeah, and he went on to do Shin Massinger. What a good director. I want him to do Shin Massinger Great Hen. Come on, give me that. But uh, for those who want to continue with Votoms, after um, Armageddon, we are going to be watching episodes 29 through 39. Of uh or no episodes twenty nine through thir- through forty, uh mm-hmm. are going to be the Sunsa arc. Uh, and we're then also going to be tacking on the OVA Roots of Ambition, Red Shoulder File Roots of Ambition, which will show how Kiriko met those four guys from uh, from Last Red Shoulder. Yeah. And because uh the because there was um the there was three OVAs that were made like a year after the show ended, and that was Last Red Shoulder. Roots of Ambition, and then the big battle. So we're going to try to cover those and attach them to the show, because there is also, like, sequel OVAs that take place after Votoms that we can, and before, that we can do later on. But yeah. I just wanted to have these be, like, attached to the main franchise while it's still fresh in our head. Hmm. Because sharing? they all take place... Yeah, because they all take place either before or after. Um, like, like, Roots of Ambition takes place, like, immediately before the show. You know... Uh, the big battle takes place, like, immediately at the end, and, uh, Roots of Ambition, well, no, and Last Red Shoulder took place between two arcs. So all these have to do with events in, in the show, to an extent. But that's, uh, pretty much everything. Final thoughts on Kumin? Um, <clears throat> it's, 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 it's a good spice. Use it for <laughs> I'm surprised it took you that long to make an, a Kumin joke in this episode. <laughs> You made like um, three during the first episode, but I was took, surprised it took you a while to make one this one. Yeah, yeah, I, I, this I, episode. I didn't want to. I didn't want to keep him human. Um, <clears throat> but but no, yeah, I I, I enjoy it, and I look I, I look forward I look forward to honestly like all I'm looking forward to is being able to talk about this whole thing because I I, I really I really I continue to love what the show is like evolving into Every, before my eyes. I think I think. E- the first start, the second arc is better than the first. The third arc is better than the second, and the fourth is about the same quality as the third. Okay. So, but I found that to be true with a lot of older mecha shows. Is the back half is always so great. Like mm-hmm. Zeta starts out strong, and the back half is the be- is one of the best mecha animes ever made. Double Zeta starts out bad, and then gets pretty good. Mm-hmm. It, it's like I feel like that's how it is with a lot of eighties mecha. That the the back half of it is always better. But that's not to disparage the front half of Votoms. This, these have both been two solid arcs with a lot of fun characters and pretty much nonstop action. Yeah. 
Oh, I think like that, that you... I, w- I will say that that is the other thing that that is the other thing that Cumin has over over Wudu really quick is like way more way more characters period that I give a fuck about <laughs> like yeah um, like the like like Goto and the gang are great but they were pretty much all I had to lean on for like the first thirteen episodes of the show <laughs> until Fiona mm. kind of finally becomes a character yeah until Fiona and like everybody I mean everybody like all like all the mercenaries like they were all cool and like the little Weasley asshole and his bond like, like this this show like. This arc gave the show, like, a cast and, like, showed me what the show could be like with, like, a full cast of characters. And not just... And you're gonna... And you're gonna see what it's like super stripped down in the next one. I can't wait. For, like, five episodes, it's just Kiriko and Fiona. It's sick. I love the the third arc a lot. You get to see Kiriko uh, drink liquor for the first time. Whoa. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, it's fun. Uh so yeah, uh you can reach us at um at Metrospective on Twitter uh-huh. and Metrospective at gmail.com. Okay. I think we've decided we're just not gonna do our Tumblr anymore, so uh sorry. Uh yeah, I don't know. I might, but no promises. Yeah, so that's up to Tooch. It's at Tooch's personal discretion. Um Tumblr's Yeah, fine. uh yeah, you can follow me at at row underscore bohemian, R-O underscore bohemian. Uh, you can follow me at out of tooch, uh, but I, I think I'm going to start uh, posting socially on there less, but you can follow but you can, you can follow that anyway because I'm, I'm still going to be using it to like uh, peddle my other project, creative projects and whatnot. Yeah, totally. Um, Patreon.com uh, slash tooch. Uh, are we going to start a Patreon for Metrospective? If we, if we start averaging more than like 500 views on a video, we might. Yeah, like if we can do this... I think we can we just keep doing what we're doing and we'll we'll know when it's time for a Patreon. Oh yeah, I, I honestly just I don't know if I'm gonna keep this on mic. I might, but my thoughts for Patreon is like as long as we can just get operating costs uh-huh. covered, that's pretty much what what I'd use the Patreon for. Like if we made fifty bucks a month, I'd be satisfied. the The only issue with doing that now is that like Patreon changed how it's how it's like sign up tier system works. Like you have to like I think the a, f- a free a free patreon account now no longer gets you like the full access you had to be grandfathered in because th- th- there was there was like a notification like a year like some earlier this year that they were doing that and so everybody was just like making making burner patreon accounts just in case they wanted to use it in the future so they could they could so that they could be grandfathered into how the old system was because the new system is like i think bad you have to like it's like a paid subscription service to get access to like shit or something like that some bad oh that's thing. god awful um, I think that's how it goes, but, like, I I do have a couple, I think, that I don't know, I don't remember if I still have or if I'm using, so we might be able to reconfigure that into a retrospective one, but again, that's, we can figure that out as we go. Or, fucking, by the time we have one, maybe a Patreon competitor will come out. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that I know some people use. There's, like, other, there's, like, more Patreon competitors are coming out, and Patreon aren't. Didn't Patreon and Kickstarter come out by being like ultra against being against unions? Oh yeah, sure, yeah. No, absolutely they did. Yeah, fuck that. Well here on Metrospective we are pro union. Union.mp3! <laughs> Unionize.mp3. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh that's it for Kumin. Uh we'll be back at you for uh Metro for um Get Our Armageddon, and then after that, Sunsa. Yeah. We cry at robots. We do cry at robots. I've yet to cry at this. Maybe I will soon. 
I I had I had there's there's some moments in the early bits of Sansa of the Sansa arc where I was like super up like just like I don't know if I was crying but I was just like mouth agape like so emotionally invested in what is happening. Hi. <laughs> 